Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day bubbling everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. What's a gap and he goes through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. Dan Bradley on his debut scores his first goal for Files. They've got it with Smith, and they've got it with Smith! They've got a score with Smith! Unbelievable! Great chance! They've won it! Ashton have won it! Hi, welcome along to the latest Match Day FM podcast. It's been a while, but the racing team are back for this weekend. We're deep into the jump season now, and we're looking ahead to Saturday's action at Cheltenham, the December meeting which includes the International Hurdle and the big handicap, the Caspian Caviar Gold Cup. We've also got two grade twos from Doncaster, and we're going to see what horses have impressed the guys so far this season uh, and which ones we need to keep an eye on for the rest of the campaign. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Richardson, joined by Harry Reynolds and Ben Wignall. Good to be back together, chaps. Um, ben, there's no bad weekend at the minute is there uh we just had the tingle creek and now we've got this and the long walk at ascot king george and leopardstown over christmas it's uh relentless isn't it yeah it's a very exciting time and to be a horse racing fan obviously we were all disappointed when altio didn't run last weekend but now that's pretty much in the past and we've got as you said an exciting few weeks to look forward to no great ones this week but we've of course, got Christmas coming up with the King George and then that huge Christmas meeting at, uh, at Leopardstown where all the exciting Irish horses come out to play. And Harry, you've actually been back on the racetrack, Aintree, last week. How was it? Uh, well, from a point of view, it was a disaster. But to be honest, it was um, refreshing to be back. I suppose the only difference was um, no alcohol, which... I'm willing to sacrifice for it for a day at the races, but just be back there and, and watching all the horses run, um, in spite of the farcical fencing and herbivores being taken out in the later race, later races due to the low sun. Um, it was great, and I'm, I'm going to be at Cheltenham on Saturday for this, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, must just say, you'll either be listening to this uh, before or after the Friday um, at Cheltenham, so uh, that includes the rescheduled Peterborough Chase from uh, Huntingdon. Uh, good contest that's been added to the meeting, so you'll either know what happens or be uh, looking forward to it later in the day. Uh, so uh, that'll, be, that'll be a good race, hopefully. Um, we'll start our preview with looking at the International Hurdle, which is the three o'clock at Cheltenham on Saturday, over two miles and a furlong. Uh, it's a grade two, and Ben has the betting for us. Yeah, we've got the return of Goshen, who had that awful Cheltenham mishap in the triumph. He's 5-2 for Jamie Moore. Song for someone who won at Ascot last time in that three-runner race for Tom Simmons and Aidan Coleman, 5-1. to one. So Royale, who's reverted back to hurdles this season, is 11-2. Silver Streak, uh, last seen the fighting fifth getting run off the track, run uh, past the hurdle, sorry, 6-1. Uh, to one. For Evan Williams, Chitabella for the, the Skelton Brothers, 7-1. to one. Bally Andy, who's well, well-trained around Cheltenham uh, for the Twiston Davis team, 8-1. Uh, to one. Call Me Lord, the second string, it seems, for the uh, Manier and Swade, 12-1. to one. Somerville Boy, 
also 12 to long, along with Vidana Blue for Nicky Henderson and the outside of the field is Stormy Island, another horse that's reversing to hurdles after a, a little spell of fences. She's 18 to 1. So, yeah, uh, exciting contest. They feature race on um, Saturday. Uh, Goshen, then, back at the scene of what would have been a demolition in the Triumph Hurdle if it wasn't for his legs tangling up and uh, unseating at the final flight. Um, Harry, just um, going back on that, how, how good was that performance and how excited are you to see him back over hurdles? Well, it was an astonishing performance when you consider that um, what All Mankind's done since. And uh, All Mankind's a tearaway front runner and Goshen sort of laughed at him, to be honest. Um, and obviously, I mean, I've never seen what happened uh, to Goshen happened before when two who's getting caught together. I have no idea how he actually managed to stand up and then obviously buckled and uh, Jamie Moore had no chance. And yeah, for, for a yard that doesn't get the most grade one horses, um, it must have been particularly galling. But uh, I, I must say that expectation and excitement for Goshen have to be watered down judging by what he produced in the summer on the flat. He was being twice very very comprehensively off the mark of 88 um, and he's had his issues he was obviously supposed to run in the fight in fifth the other week and didn't so there'd be a lot of question marks over a horse that hasn't hasn't jumped ahead in public um, the best part of nine months and I don't know it, maybe he's got the most natural ability in there but whether he can actually produce it is another thing and what are your thoughts on um him getting beaten twice on the flat, are you looking into that as big question marks for this race or putting a line for it? I'm not that concerned about his flat performances. I mean, he did win them uh, those two flat races before he, he ever jumped a hurdle. Um, but I'm not sure what the plan was in the summer when he went over um, back to the flat. But um, I think this horse now needs hurdles to bring out the best in him. And looking at We'll look at the rest of the field in a minute, but I don't think there's massive, um, massive quality in the field. There's a couple who I think could run him down close, but on the strength of his performance in the in the triumph and what a few of the horses in behind have done since, obviously Burning Victory one hasn't raced since. Aspire Tower beat Abracadabras in the WKD hurdle, um, and obviously Abracadabras went on to win the Morgiana. You can say, well, we I think that. San Juan still should have won that. Um, but Abracadabras did in the form from, obviously, Al Mankind as well, as Harry said. He's been incredibly impressive since. Um, so on the strength of that, I think Goshen should really be winning this. Obviously, it could be a little concerned that he's been pulled out of uh, his last few engagements, planned engagements rather. Um, but I definitely think he's got the most quality in this race and he really should be winning this if he has any champion hurdle aspirations in March ah, you've uh, you've stolen my next question there um, <laughs> Harry what, what do you think of that well I don't think he'd beat Epitone in a champion hurdle and there's a few of the lovely contenders at the top of the market I mean take out the triumph hurdle and he still hasn't really proved that, uh, that he's beaten anything top class um, there's some horses in this race that are seasoned campaigners in grade ones grade twos and I mean, in fairness, he's getting weight from most of the field, getting six pounds. He's, I mean, he's weighted to win this. There's no doubt about that for rating of 156. But I don't know. I, I was never sold on 
on Goshen last year. And obviously, that, that would have changed in the triumph because that would have been um, incredibly impressive. One of the most in, uh, impressive triumph hurdle winners we'd have seen. But there's just, there's just nagging doubts I've got. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd want to be taken two to one first time out when there's horses who've, who've had a run. And the benefit of race fitness is so crucial. So coming on to the rest of the field, how, how do you see those horses? I think, I think it's fair to say there's quite a lot of um, very likeable horses. Chittabello has won at the festival before. Uh, Somerville Boy uh, beat him on both their reappearance at uh, Aintree a few weeks ago. And um, So Royal, uh, as you said earlier, Ben, uh, has switched back to hurdles uh, this season. Had, excuse me, has had a couple of uh, impressive wins. Um, who's your favourite out of them? Well, I do like Sorail. Um he he ran Ultior pretty close in all the fences, didn't he? Um in the champion chairs when him put a log served it up to him. Um that was in twenty nineteen, I think. Um he was pretty disappointing last year. Um all the fences, so he switched him back to hurdles and then he he, he won the I think he was a Welsh champion hurdle at Foslas. Um he was ten to one that day, which was surprising considering the um the field. And then he's gone on to bat it up in the elite hurdle at Wincanton, winning by over seven lengths. Um, obviously, he was no match repertoire. Uh, I don't think many horses are in the fighting fifth. But back at this kind of field um, in the grade two, which he won like he did at Wincanton, I think he's going to be the most likely one to serve it up uh, to Goshen. But obviously, I mentioned earlier that Bally Andy's very handy and experienced around um, Cheltenham, he came second in a handicap to the Irish Raider, uh, the shunter last time out. Um, and also Silver Streak, he's, he'll be fresh after coming from the fight in fifth. He, I think he got knocked around at the second hurdle when not so sleepy. Um, failed to jump it, then he knocked him around the hurdle. So he basically had no sort of race. So he'll come into his fresh and he likes good ground or good to soft and it is looking like it's going to be good to soft on Saturday. So I think they're a few of the main contenders. If you want me to push me for one, um, probably Sorrell to serve it up to Goshen. And Harry, uh, song for someone, um, winner of the three-runner Ascot Hurdle. Is he a lightly raced five-year-old that's going to improve? Well, yeah, he's going to improve. I mean, what you make of that race, I'm not too sure. Obviously, Lorena was all over the place from the start, pulled a pulled double bled again and has obviously since been retired, which is a shame for a horse that looked to have the world at her feet when she won the Mare's Novice Hurdle at Cheltenham a couple of years ago. Um, Call Me Lord won this last year and was obviously behind song for someone in the Coral Hurdle last time. And I'd say he's nothing more than a decent yardstick, really. Um, so song for someone would have to step up again. There's absolutely no reason to believe um, he won't be able to improve again and uh, probably didn't have the hardest race that day either. Whether he's going to be good enough, I'm not sure. Um, to be honest, the two I'm sort of most interested in uh, to take on Goshenwood would be Silver Streak and Vidana Blue. And I was I was ready to give up on Vidana Blue after her last performance. Um, and she was beaten by Mrs Hyde, who, who came out and got beat. So the form wasn't that great. But um, it looks like she's going to get her favoured fastest round on Saturday and um, I watched the video of Nicky Anderson earlier who seems to believe that the two miles that she was running at just isn't enough uh, enough for her these days and um, 
going an extra half mile will probably help her. It certainly looked like maybe that turn of foot had gone on, on her last performance. And then she was second in the Ascot Stakes, obviously, at Royal Ascot in June. That was a, that was a good run on a really soft ground, which she doesn't particularly like. And again, she ran well in Ebor. I think she was third in that. So she's maybe been overlooked a little bit and is a decent each way bet at the prices. Um, but I think Silver Streak's probably the one to be on. Um, obviously, when he was third in the champion hurdle in 2019, uh, Bouvardet fell, Arena didn't run a race and neither did Apples Jade. So it was a bit of a mess. And obviously, Esquire Valen, who won that, um, sadly passed away not long after from Colic. So uh, he, he's probably got the best form, considering he was second to Epiton in last year's Christmas hurdle at Kempton. And um, yeah, it's more. it'd be more of a speculative punt, but obviously he didn't have a hard, hard race in the final fist like So Royal, who was in front. Um, probably about a mile and six pounds sooner than he wanted to be. Uh, just fell apart, obviously, because I'm not so sleepy. But Silver Street was carried out, no fault of his own. And uh, at sort of five to one-ish, uh, and getting a couple of pounds off a couple of his rivals. Uh, I fancy him to be sort of there, thereabouts at least, and maybe a decent early trade bet. Stormy Island at 18 to one. She, I know she's come second in two. Um races or fences and she's gone back to hurdles but she was pretty decent last year she uh, won a race until she went to Cheltenham in the mayor's hurdle where it seemed like she was just there to set up, set up for Benny Desjo and obviously that didn't work out uh, but 18 to 1 seems pretty big if she can rediscover some of that uh, pre-Cheltenham form from last year I don't know if you think the same as me but uh, no um... <laughs> oh, fair enough I. I, I I don't know. I probably maybe overpriced a little bit, but is I mean, horses horses at Lee Willie Mullins tend not to do that well. It's 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 a very deep race, isn't it? We haven't even mentioned uh, Chitabello, who who I quite fancied, um, who only just got beat uh, on his seasonal reappearance um, as one over the uh, over the course on on the new course in the county hurdle. So uh, one for the skeletons. Um, Lads, who are we uh, pinning our mask for here? Uh, Goshen, again, um, as we said earlier, kind of really needs to win this if he's got any chance of uh, putting it up to Epiton in the champion hurdle. Is he going to do it? I think he is, but I don't think it'll be as easy as he should have had it at the Triumph uh, at Cheltenham. So I think he'll, he'll win it maybe very close by about one or two lengths from someone like Sorrell or Silverstreak. I would say no. I would, I would obviously admit that um, if there was to be a champion hurdle contender in the tour, it, it is him. Whether he's going to be fit enough to beat some rivals who are fit and have ability, I'm not sure. Um, I'd probably say Silver Street would be my pick and then I'll, I'll have a little save on Vidal Blue each way. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. That was the international hurdle. Let's move on to the uh, big handicap of the day, which is the uh, 150. It is the Caspian Caviar Gold Cup uh, over two and a half miles. Grade three, and uh, there are 17 runners uh, for this. Uh, so uh, give us the um, overview, Harry, if you would. <laughs> sure. So we've got joint favourites at the moment, both at six to one. I'll dancer for the Twist and Davies, and then Master Tommy Tucker for Harry Cobb and Paul Nichols. 
So Padge, 13-2 for Charlie Deutsch and Venetia Williams. Windsor Avenue, 13-2 also for Brian Hughes and Brian Ellison. Then we've got Cool Cody, who won the Paddy Power Gold Cup at the November meeting. He's 15-2 for uh, Adam Wedge, who's just come back from injury, and Evan Williams. Then Midnight Shadow, 10-1. Chatham Street Lad, 11-1. Saint Sonnet, 12-1. Uh, Good Boy Body, Bobby is 14-1. Also 14-1 is Romanda Sanam. Then we've got uh, Benatar at 16-1. to Huntsman Sun is the same price. And so is Selfield Stone. And then it's 20-1 to bar. Thank you, Harry. Um, fiercely competitive, as you would expect. Uh, how do you lads look at finding the winner in this? Uh, best horse or one much lower at the weights? I mean, what we've seen so far is um, in the Paddy Power, Cool Cody won off 10 stone five. And Cloth Cap won the Labrooks Trophy off just uh, 10 stone. Do you, re- do you reckon that uh, theme's going to continue on Saturday? Uh, it depends. Not all these handicaps are won by like the, the low weights. Obviously, there's a mix in here of got good prospects, even though so like Master Tommy Tucker, you think he's a good prospect, but he's nine years old. So he's not exactly uh, young in terms of a chaser but then lower down the weights you've got a six year old like Champagne Mystery and Annie Mac um, who are pretty low down but big in the odds um, I tend to look for quality in these races rather than lower down the weights but I guess it's you can mix up both at times um, as you say Cool Cordy won the last Gold Cup chase to Paddy Power uh, Cheltenham a few weeks back, but I've got to be honest, I didn't even give him a, a thought when he won, so maybe I need to revise my uh, handicap selections or the process of it. Yeah, well, he's gone up uh, £7 from that, so we'll see if he is all that. Um, Harry, uh, Master Tommy Tucker, top weight, uh, you a fan? It's difficult to be a fan, to be honest, considering he's Four and three of his seven chase starts. Now he's a horse who's had a lot of issues, um, not just on the track but off it, which is why he's not had he's nine years old and not had that many starts. But um, seems like he's putting it together this year. And he was beaten by Al Dancer um, on seasonal reappearance at Newton Abbott. But it seemed like they were just trying to get a clear round in um, to give the horse some confidence. And it, it's definitely worked. He's obviously won his last two starts by twelve fifteen lengths. Beat good by boy Bobby. Um, on the bridle, the latter. Um, his ceiling's definitely higher than a rating of 157. The issue is obviously, do you expect him to get round? I know he's had three completions in a row, but there's still going to be that doubt. Um, he's just, he's an absolute monster of horse. He's massive and he probably doesn't give his fences enough respect. Um, and it's obviously going to be difficult to overturn that form with Al Dancer um, because that day when Al Dancer beat him, they were off, uh, Tony Tucker was giving him six pounds. And uh, Al Dancer will get three on Saturday. So it's a nine-pound swing. Mm. But um, you'd have to say that if, if there's a horse in the field who's going to progress out of handicap company, it's probably Master Tommy Tucker. But there's just so many issues. Um, it's whether you want to take that risk. A horse that's fell three times uh, and his first time round Cheltenham, is that really a, a place to you know be getting away with bad jumping? No, definitely not. But it's just the fact that he's had, he's now had three completions in a row. That the the horse is clearly building confidence. Um, 
And I'm not sure he really made the mistake at Haylock last time. Um, now, clearly, if he, if he was coming to Cheltenham off the back of a first run this season, or even for his first run this season, then my doubts would be a lot bigger. But the more, I mean, you have to be able to change your opinion on a horse. I mean, I, I backed Master Tommy Tucker Kenton last year and he was going to win by miles and fell. Um, and then I went off him and have him back in the season. But after watching that performance at Haybuck, um, you have to sort of come around to the idea that maybe the horse is just learning to give his fences more respect. And um, yeah, I mean, if you make a mistake around Cheltenham, then uh, nine times out of ten, you're going to be out of the race. It's it's so difficult around there. And this is such a competitive race. There's so many horses with, with big chances. Um, and yeah, maybe, maybe you'd want a little bit of a bigger price. But the, the fact is that he is one of the very few horses in the race who could certainly be a lot better than his mark. The horse that I was most interested in that I wanted him at a bit of a bigger price than he is, he's currently 13 to 2, is Windsor Avenue. Um, ever since it debuted, I've kept an eye on it. I used to live on Windsor Avenue um, before I moved house, and he was a pretty, de- he was a pretty decent um, hurdler. Uh, and he was going well over fences last year until he took a massive beating from Sam Spinner in the grade two. I think it was about 38 lengths. And then he fell at Haydock in another grade two the next time. So I was a bit sceptical about him coming into this season. But he reappeared in a, a listed race at Carlisle last time and he came second to the current Ryan Air favourite, which is Imperial Aura of Kim Bailey. Um, he's never ran in the chase with any type of good description in it and it's looking like it's going to be good to soft so um, that could be a worry but um, I think he's got a lot of potential over uh, fences um, whether he'll handle Cheltenham is remains to be seen but I might be having a punt on him come Saturday Yeah I wouldn't disagree with any of that um, Harry who else do you want to mention? Well, I was, I was just going to say on Windsor Avenue, I mean, I'd put a line straight through that um, run behind Sam Spinner because he just didn't get home. It was over three miles. And, yeah, I, I'm willing to put a line straight through that. Um, the second to Imperial Aura clearly is very good form. And Imperial Aura is now rated 163. <clears throat> so Windsor Avenue is within two and a half lengths of him and is, is an air off 148. So he's got a massive chance. Um, uh, the stamina would maybe concern me a little bit. Um, Shade over two and a half miles this is, but it's Cheltenham getting up that hill um, the second time might be a bit difficult. But again, I think he's one that's that's better than his current mark. Um, you'd have to talk about Sapage. I, I know you're already on him, but um, he, he's one who's... Indeed. Yeah, he's one... He goes well fresh, and I'd just be looking for a lot of rain for him. But last year, I'm reappearing to Aintree. He was second to Riders on the Storm, who ended up winning... The Grade One Ascot Chase, and um, he was giving him seven pounds that day. Rise on a storm ended up being uh, right at 160 at the end of the season, so that was some performance. Uh, six of his last seven runs have been at Cheltenham, so clearly knows his way around the place. Uh, it. It's just that it's just that ground that's sort of putting me off a little bit. But again, he'd be one that has got to be there or thereabouts. Obviously, Cool Cody um, is aiming to become the fourth horse ever to complete the Gold Cup double of the Paddy Gold Cup and then Caspian Caviar Gold Cup. He nearly fell that day, actually, and he's not um, hasn't gone up too much in the weights for that win. Um, 
but the one that interests me actually beat Cool Cody in October, and that's Southfield Stone, who's um a much bigger price. He'll love quick ground, which I assume they're going to get. Uh, he's had a lot of runs over fences, never finished third over them. Uh, the run behind Protectorate last time could end up being some decent form because Protectorate looks very, very smart. Um, and he's got, I think, a pretty decent chance here uh, off a rating of uh, 145, only 11 stone and Briony Frost on board. And, and she's worth um, a bit bigger weight than that. Uh, she's such a good jockey. So uh, a horse, again, who, who is one at Cheltenham um, and at the, the weights and the price, I think he's um, worth a little dabble. Excellent. So, uh, who wins the Caspian Caviar, Ben? Uh, I'm going to go for Windsor Avenue. Like I said, I'd like him to be a bit of a, a bigger price, but he's 13 to 2 currently. That's what I'm going to have to take. Maybe it'll be a drift on the day, I don't know. Um, since he's coming from one of the lesser fancied yards in Brian Ellison, going up against some of the bigger guns. Um, but yeah, Windsor Avenue for me. Yeah, I think if he stands up, then. Master Tommy Tucker, purely because uh, he's sort of one that's in the markets for the Gold Cup um, at the Cheltenham Festival, and he, he could quite easily progress there. But he's got stand-up. So, uh, if he does so, I think he'll win. Failing that, I think Southfield Stone's got an excellent chance to, to hit the places. And I will be on uh, Sapage uh, for Charlie Deutsch and Venetia Williams. Uh, so, yeah, three three more different selections for you. That's... Uh, Proving to be interesting so far. Let's see if that carries on. The other race we're going to look at quickly uh, from the rest of the Cheltenham card is the uh, 1240, actually, which is uh, the uh, novice chase over two and a half miles, uh, mainly because we see Chantry House over fences for the second time. Um, impressed with his debut uh, at uh, Ascot, Harry? Yeah, I think he took a while to warm up, but once he did, um... Obviously, it was only a three-run race, and he was helped by Pick Door. He fallen in in front. Uh, he was left in front a long way from him, and the other rival wasn't up to scratch. Uh, but his, his jumps at the last two were magnificent, and the the form from the Supreme obviously is working out well. You've got Shiskin, who's very short price for the Arkle. Uh, Abacadabra just come out and won a Grade One. The Morgiana has been said earlier, and yeah, finishing third in that over trip that was clearly inadequate for him um, it was very good. I actually think this horse be even better when he steps up. To three miles, and I think they'll be they'll taking a stepping stone towards that. I mean, uh, you you have to say that the Arkle and the Marsh are, are probably sewn up from the point of uh, Shiskin and Onbuyalen. So Chantry House's best chance of winning the festival would be in the RSA, which is a little bit more open, albeit Monkfish looked very good on on uh, his chasing debut. But um, it, realistically, he should be the best horse in here, and uh, it'd be back to the drawing board if you got big um, having seen what Fusa Raffles his, his stablemate did last time um, and he was pulled up in a grade two after jumping absolutely abysmally and Alderado Allen was then uh, well beaten in the, the Henry VIII Mother Chase last week um, so really it'll be a very short price I would imagine but um, yeah Chantreau should should have no no problems winning this whatsoever You you wouldn't say he's, he'd be wasted over three miles because I, I, I thought in the in the Supreme he, he showed you know he's got quite a lot of speed um yeah. I, I, I get i get your point um for sure that like you know you look at the marsh and you look at the arkle and and it looks sewn up that i mean well i think we can all agree that these are two of the best novice chases we've seen in in years but um 
yeah, I, I totally agree. And the, the rumours are that he's going for the RSA, but if, would it would he not be wasted? Do you reckon? Well, he, I, he went a, I think he went a point to point over three miles. Um, so the stamina's there, and obviously a little bit of pace will help that. It, the, the thing is that you've, the game's about winning, and uh, I don't know. Do you see him beating Shiskin or on, on Violin? No, no. But I so, so I think I think I mean, as Ruby Walsh was saying on racing TV the other week, you know, if you've got a horse who is sort of two and a half miler, you're looking to get him into a three miler just to avoid on Violin. Um, it's a much more winnable race, and yeah, you've seen obviously in Ireland already the horses that are basically ducking on violin left, right, and centre, and that will continue to happen. So, um, I actually, yeah, I, I think Chantry has warmed up a lot more towards the finish on a chasing debut as well, which would suggest to me that um, going even further, uh, it'll be even better. Anything else you lads want to? Uh... Mention Cheltenham on um, on Saturday from uh, any of the handicaps. Uh, not from the handicaps, but there's a there's a Grade Two novice hurdle um, that looks really uh, interesting to me. Uh, Ashtown lads won his last two starts, and he's the favourite for that. But uh, the horse I like in there is Danny Carwin, who was second in the Grade Two novice hurdle at Ascot behind Andrew Betty years ago. He's had all manner of issues, um, but he won a point to point over three miles and. Um, I think the stamina will help him. He won very easily at Ascot last time. He made all that day. And uh, he's sort of the horse in there, I think, who has a bit of class. Although Ascot Honeybee, I'd be, I think, would be a big danger because his last two runs, he's been absolutely flying home at the finish. He lost by a head at Newcastle over uh, two miles, six furlongs last time. Um, and then before that, he was beaten by a nice Kimberley horse called Bob Paper No Hope, who was coming out and won again. So has decent form. Um, but I think those two are, are quite exciting horses. And uh, I think Danny Cowan could, could step up in um, in class after this. There was nothing in the handicaps of ones that I was particularly enamoured by. And like Harry said, Danny Cowan's another one that I like as well. Um, showed some promise as a novice hurdler back in 2018. He missed the whole of of last season, but he, he looked impressive last time at Ascot. Not sure he'll ever be like a, a grade one winner at uh, top level, but this does look like a good chance to Take a group group race. Ashton lads coming from from a, a handicap win, but I do think that Danny Kerwan has the most scope for improvement, and um, I think he's around around three to one. Uh, def- Ashton lads definitely favourite. Um, Danny seventy two. That seems like a decent price. So yeah, I'll be having a a little bet on him on Saturday. I think that was Cheltenham, and uh, there are two. Grade twos on Saturday from Doncaster as well. Uh, small fields, five runners, uh, but they are the 205 and uh, the 240. The 205 is the uh, three-mile bet, 365 December, novices chase. And uh, looking at the betting, uh, we have a very uh, warm favourite of all the gin joints for uh, Colin Tizard. And uh, the fact that uh, Robbie Power is up at Doncaster, uh, are we to assume that this is a good thing? Um, I wouldn't say so. I don't think Tizad's got much at Cheltenham maybe to shout about, which is why he's gone up there for a bigger payday in a grade two. But uh, I must say this is a um, pretty despicable grade two. Uh, of all the ginger joints, seems to do his best work early in the season. The last time he won at Exeter wasn't a very good field, shall we say. Um, I don't think there's any value whatsoever in in his price. 
then I don't know. I mean, it's not a, a race I'm particularly crazy about, but um, maybe maybe I'd go for Hurricane Harvey because Fergal O'Brien's got 20% strike rate in the last two weeks and Paddy Brennan's got 26% strike rate. Um, on chase and debut, he beat Emma Tom. He was a smart her, uh, novice head, Laurent Herdler. Um, on his last start, he was beaten 22 lengths by Garlaw, who then ran in the Henry VIII novice chase and was cleared. Um, he was beaten outside, but you could probably say that Garlaw had too much pace for him that day and uh, stepping up in trip here is probably going to be in his benefit. And um, he's a nice price against uh, a short price favourite who probably shouldn't be that short. Yeah, I don't think there's many potential superstars in this uh, race. Um, Hurricane Harvey was a, quite a way behind Garlow last time out. Uh, House Island looks solid, um, but I can't see past of old gin joints here. He took a bit to get going next to, but he he won by his over a length. Um, I'd be worried about Tizard, Colin Tizard's um, form of the yard. Um, not exactly in, in the best form, um, but I do think of all the gin joints is the best horse in the field, but it doesn't strike me as a race. I'll be clamouring to watch on Saturday. It's not that exciting. Uh, but as Harry said, it's uh, not a very good grade two. Uh, it's followed by the uh, 240, the Bet365 Summit Juvenile Hurdle, market-headed by, you guessed it, a Nichols horse, Mon Morale for Sean Bowen. Uh, Glorious Zoff is 4-1 to one for Robbie Parander. Gordon Elliott, uh, anything, any thoughts on uh, on the Juvenile Hurdle? It's, yeah, it's probably a two-horse race, isn't it? But it, even then, I'm not sure if Glorious Zoff would be able to beat Mon Morale. I always find it tricky with juveniles. Never know sort of what's going to turn up. But Glorious off last time out, beating at eleven to four on at Sedgefield by a horse who was rated sixty nine on a flat. So I think the general rule of thumb is to add forty five, and you'll get the uh, national rating, which means that would take him up to one hundred and fourteen. Which clearly is going to be better than the, the horse that beat Glorious off. He's probably improved past that, but still to get up to Mon Morale's level, uh, he's going to have to improve again. And um, Gordon Elliott's definitely got much better juveniles than um than this to be sending him here. Um uh Mon Morale is obviously unbeaten in two starts, one at Otoy and one at Exeter. Uh the ground might be the only thing for him. I think he'll probably need it soft, but uh at Otoy beat another horse who's now owned or trend by Nichols called Hell Red and that horse won at Chepstow earlier this season, although it was pulled up um in the juvenile herd lip chapter last time when something was clearly a miss. But I think Mon Morale should be taking this quite easily. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, the Elliot horse, Glorious Off, got beat at Sedgefield last time out when he was a, a 4 to 11 hot pot um, by Keith Dalgleish horse. Uh, he's getting a few pounds in this race from Monrail, but he should really get the better of Glorious Off here. Um, won pretty well at Exeter on his debut for the yard. Um, and I can't see uh, Glorious Off or the other three horses really troubling him here. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. Why not let us know what you think? Get in touch by searching for Matchday FM on social media. So that was uh, the action that we're going to preview on Saturday. Um, we think we, we'd, uh, we'd end the show by uh, looking back on the season so far, as we haven't bothered to do one of these for a while <laughs> since the jump season's come back. Um, 
we've had some uh, we've had some really good uh, really good races, really good pointers for the rest of uh, the season. Um, and I want to get you lads um, best performances or horses that have stood out for you so far. Um, ben, should we start with Epiton in the Fighting Fifth? Yeah, well, she's a clear favourite for the champion hurdle um, right now. She mortared away um, to pick up Sorrel in the straight at Newcastle. Um, she looked very, very good. Um, it's, it's a complete step up from this time last year when she uh, just won a, a Newbury handicap, I think, before going on to Kempton uh, to win in, in a grade one. Um, yeah, she looked very impressive and we don't know what kind of Horses will be challenging her come March time at Shelton if she if she stays fit. Obviously, Goshen has a lot to prove, um, but yeah, she's definitely been the most impressive uh, two mile hurdler so far this season. For you, Harry, I mean, like, I'd, I'd say I'd say coming into the festival last year, there there wasn't there wasn't uh, you know a lot of love. There were. Well, most people were just slating as to how bad the race was and kind of, I don't know, just let Epiton um, win, really, a, a, a decent price. And maybe that fighting fifth had just shown, you know, the, the wider public how good she is. Yeah, the, the acceleration after the last hurdle in the fighting fifth was, uh, was pretty scary. I couldn't really put my finger on her in the champion hurdle last year. Um, a shame to say, I actually backed Bellandi, which hurts. A lot in hindsight. That'd be one of the things I look back on in five years and just think, why? Why did I do that? But anyway, clearly <laughs> she's um, she's set a, a mighty high standard off the back of that run, um, and she just looks a machine. Uh, it, it was a poor champion hurdle. I think it's fair to say. I mean, the fact that Sharjah managed to get second on soft ground, even though he hates it, would would back that up. Um, Davastar in third. It was it was a novice, so wasn't the strongest race. But I think it's very clear that we've got. Uh, a stronger division this year and I think we can all see how good Epiton is now um, I'm, to be honest the only one I think who could potentially beat her is Samoa um, but he'll obviously have Mark Walsh on his back which is a bit of a handicap in itself uh, given the ride that Oof. he gave he gave Samoa and Morgan and, and I mean, I, I mean I, Stevie Wonder could have won on Stevie Wonder could have won on Samoa that day will JP it, it, run him will JP run him against each other of course he will of course he will where, where, where else is he going to run him I don't know. He has multiple. Well, I mean, bear in mind he had Boober there and Esquire in the year. This is not a man who's, who's only going to go in, um, you know, with, with a the fist to a gunfight. He's got plenty of horses and uh, he's, he's he normally got two or three in there. He always had Martin or yours and there's always Boober there. So this is the only play. This is a tag for both of them. Um, I think Sam is the only one who could. I mean, how impressive was he at Channel last year? And again, on uh, earlier this season, he was impressive. And But for. Um, Matt Walsh finding every single end of the sun to lose that race uh, he would have won uh, again he was a little bit keen which is um, not like him but I, I think he's come through the second best in that division and there is a little bit more strength and depth in it but I, I just think efforts on, um, on what we've seen is by far and away the best Should we stay with hurdlers and um, discuss the uh, long distance hurdle at Newbury and uh, the very good performance of Time Hill beating Paisley Park and McFabulous, who went off favourite, obviously uh, bolted up at Chepstow. Um, Time Hill, that was a very good performance, wasn't it? Very. Um, obviously, Paisley Park, the last time we saw him, he, he failed to fire in the, at the stairs hurdle in Cheltenham. Um, 
and we obviously know that he had a, a problem with his uh, his heart, but that got rectified and he came back and it was a pretty good run for what it was worth. Um, Time Hill was getting weight from him uh, and he put him away pretty pretty well, but off level weights, you've got to think it'll be a hell of a lot closer and Time Hill was involved in a very exciting finish at, at Cheltenham last year in that um, in the Albert Bartlett. He could be involved in another one um, this March. Uh, if he goes to the stairs, which you imagine he will do, um, they could end up battling again uh, further down, like maybe in the long walk or the the cleave hurdle. Um, but yeah, he was very impressive, and you've got to think there's the other horse that's gone over hurdles as well um, to come out of the Albert Bartlett Cheltenham Fury Road. He could end up being one of the main protagonists in the in the stairs hurdle. Um, obviously, finished ahead of Time Hill at Cheltenham. Um, he's he won in Ireland on his reappearance, but I would like to see him come over perhaps for the long the long walk, um, which I think is entered in order Cleed, um, to see how he shapes up against him before, um, before Cheltenham. But time hill, yeah, very impressive. And considering the Hobbs Yard isn't in the best form, it shows how much talent he's got to win like that. Yeah, it was a bit of a fast of a race, wasn't it? Though really, they went at a crawl, and uh, nothing wanted to start to begin with. Uh, Time Hill was best positioned throughout. Paisley Park was was further back and had a lot more, uh, a lot more ground to make up. When um, I think it was Vision de Flow sort of pulled Robbie Power to the front and he just sort of let him go to get on with it. Uh, I, I'd like to think that wouldn't happen in the stairs at Cheltenham. And it was just good to see Paisley Park back to something near the level he's produced. I mean, he was still a way off his 2018-19 season, but um, yeah, pleasing to see him back and. Uh, they're both ending the long walk next week, I believe. So we'll see who comes out on top then, and I'll have some um, implications on the anti-post market. Mm. We'll do indeed. Uh, I mean, last week we saw. Well, did we see Min winning the uh, John Durkin? Uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty hard to see. I don't know how you commentate on the on that with that. I still think Mellon, Mellon won it. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, how bizarre was that though? I mean, I know it was hard, but. Like you could you could see him coming to the straight a little bit, and when it panned, even though you could hear Jerry Hands announcing Min had won it, and it just panned to Mellon coming up lengths behind him, and I was like, oh my, I can't believe it. What I um, did, what I didn't understand was there was a race early on where they had the you know the little truck thing, you have the car going around the course. It was showing the horses pretty well. Maybe the, the fog might have got worse. Yeah, um, I think it did since, be fair, uh, but yeah, they should have had, they should have they should have tried to get something around, shouldn't they? Just just to improve that visibility visibility a little bit because Jerry Hannon just didn't say a word for half the race couldn't see anything it, it was an absolute farce incredible wasn't it um, I don't know I mean I, I really like Alaho and it seemed like he, he ran a bit of a stinker um, maybe because I didn't see it I can just uh, put a line for it no? <laughs> um, apparently he made two horrible mistakes um, the first one knocked most of the stuff in out of him and the second one did the job uh, according to David Mullins, which is why he was so far behind. So, yeah, you could probably put a line through it and then watch next time and see what he produces. But you'd have to imagine he'd do better than that. It's just, it's such a, it's a weird division, isn't it? I mean, the fact that Min wasn't favourite, and I don't think still is favourite for for the Rhino at Cheltenham, is um, it's not mind-boggling. It is no, a, a, a bit weird. Imperial Aura is uh, is is still the favourite. No, I get that. And, and listen, I like Imperial a lot. I, I backed him last year and I've fallen this season. And 
Uh, he's got a lot of talent, but he's still not won a grade one. Min's won six. Min won the race last year. Um, I took Min at nine to one for the Ryanair before the race on Sunday, thinking he would win, and then it would, you know, maybe half, but it barely knocked a, a point or two off it, um, which is a little bit bizarre. But um, he's one of the most criminally underrated horses in recent memory, Min. And you've got to think, what would he have won if he hadn't bumped into Alty all of those times? He'd have probably, well, certainly one champion chase. He'd have a Supreme and um, a few other races in between that he might come over for, like the Tingle Creek. So, yeah, um, such an underrated horse. And uh, I really can't wait to see him at Champ again. The only thing I could perhaps explain his odds with is the fact how close it seems his last few races have been. Obviously, he got beat by, he already won the race pretty much in the Ryanair last year. But St. Calvados was, was closing quickly. Um, he just about beat him on the line. Uh, and then, obviously, on Sunday, Tornado Flyer was, well, we, we think he was pretty close up at the finish line. Obviously, he's got the job done both times. But maybe bookmakers have just seen that he's he's not won by an awful lot the last yeah, few times. Winning by a lot isn't isn't every time. I and mean, you've got Ben Montano, the flyer had race fitness on his side as well, which would explain maybe why he was so close to Min. Uh, Min hadn't had a run. So, I don't know. I, I still think he should be a lot shorter and, and doesn't really get the respect he deserves. Yeah, well, at the minute, he's he's a good each way price, isn't he? Absolutely. Uh, for, the, uh, for the Ryanair in March. Um, I think we've saved the best till last, though, uh, talking about the... Uh, the novice chasers. I mean, um, yeah, you, ju- you just can't help but get excited by Envoy Allen and uh, and Shishkin and even All Mankind um, last week in the uh, Henry VIII was uh, was very very good. Um, who 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 are our favourites? Who's your favourite out of them? Oh, it's uh, it is really tough. Um, I mean, from a an aesthetic point of view, All Mankind's two performances over fences have been astonishing. Uh, the first one at Warwick, when he was he was buzzing and eating on the flat and over hurdles, and you're thinking, oh, and he's only a little horse as well, and to think, got fences really. Even Dan Skelton was saying he wasn't too sure about it, but pinged every single one of them. Did the same at Sundown. Uh, watching them go over those railways was glorious. Um, but I'd have to say probably the favourite, just because he's been unbeaten for so long, and what a prospect he he is for racing in general with Envoyalen, and that acceleration after the second last in the Drinmore. I know he wasn't beating much, but he just got a little squeeze from Jack Henley in the way. And the way he jumps his fences is um is ridiculous. He can he sees a stride and Jack, Jack, Jack Henley just lets him go on with it. He can pop over them and it's just so good to watch. And I mean, his, his, uh, his ceiling is infinite. He can do what he wants. And I mean, he's going to be in the Gold Cup next year, you would imagine, of what a race that would be. Um, but he just he looks unstoppable and to, to mention Shiskin briefly obviously um, again didn't be much on debut but the way he jumped on there it sort of gave me Sprint of Sacra vibes and how lucky is Nicky Anderson to have had Sprint of Sacra and he goes and then he brings Altior along and then Altior's coming towards the end of his career now and he brings Shiskin along um, it's just remarkable but yeah the novice chasing division is um, is so good and I should mention Monkfish as well who won the Alvada last year Monkfish his, wow his, yeah, his novice chasing debut um, in Ireland was excellent as well. But I think he made one, one little mistake. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's the biggest prize for the, the novice chase at Cheltenham at three to one for the, for the RSA. So <laughs> shows you what they think of the other two already. I mean, Umbar Lynn's going to be heavy odds on on the day, you would imagine. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I looked at that RSA at this. Obviously, it's a long way to go, but I don't, I don't really see what what beats Monkfish. I mean, I haven't been that impressed with the big breakaway. I don't know about you. So I mean, the... uh, he's a he's a he's a pig, isn't he? Uh, I don't know what you two thought, but I found that race last week really uncomfortable. Um, well, I don't know why they ran him over that short to begin with. Um... No, but it was the way he had to be. Every single fence, Robbie Power was having to fire him at it, and he was just like lugging left and right. It was just so uncomfortable, and um. I think they were talking about headgear for him, which which would probably help. But uh, I mean, this uh, he's probably going to be a national horse in the end. I, I just think he he needs to have a massive trip where where things aren't going to outpace him. I would like to see him in another race with headgear before Cheltenham, which I obviously think he'll probably do. Do what said him into Cheltenham off the back of a second in a two two mile three furlong race. Um, but I do agree, Monkfish will probably not be beaten. Uh, in the RSA, but it does depend what Chantry House does um, going up in trip. Uh, very, very exciting um, for uh, later down the line. Um, I want uh, I want some horses to follow from both of you uh, that we haven't mentioned. Uh, anything that's uh, caught your eye that we, we need to keep on side? Start with you, Ben. Um, well, one we saw on Friday at Sandown, it won a three-horse grade two novice hurdle, Stargate. Um, Balty clear at Chepstow on debut. Um, did the same on Friday. He got headed a little bit, um, but he, he pulled away in the end and won by about eight lengths. Um, he's not got any future entries at the minute. Um, but the Ballymore looks to be the most obvious route, but he's won a point over three miles. So the Albert Bartlett perhaps wouldn't be out of the question. Um, as for novice chaser, there's one of Willie Mullins that owned by Tony Bloom, who's the owner of Penhill and Stratton, also on Brighton. Um, Enna Gumen, I think that's how you say yeah, it. Yeah, I was, I was uh, waiting for you to try and pronounce that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an awkward one. Um, he won by 18 lengths at, at Garum Park, where probably didn't beat much, but visually it was very good. And over Christmas he's got entries um, in two grade ones, the racing post novice at Leopardstown and the Forheen steeplechase at Limerick. He looks like one to watch. And interestingly, Willie Mullins in his most recent stable tour that came out yesterday, um, he's said that they could he could end up as an Oracle horse. Obviously, Shiskin should have that one in the bag, really, already. Um, but you never know. Um Shocks do happen. I'd be very surprised if he wins the Oracle, but he could be a very exciting chaser in years to come. I've already mentioned Fury Road as an older hurdler. That's one of my... Uh, he's 12 to for the stage hurdle, and I'd like to see him come over to England for one of the other stage races beforehand to see what quality he really does possess. Uh, and Soldier as well should be returning over Christmas. He was my... Fancy for the champion hurdle. Was it, it was either last year or the year before he got injured? He, did he win the Morgiana, Harry? I think. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, last yeah. year. Won the Morgiana and then he got injured and we've not seen him since. Um, but he should be coming back over Christmas and I'd really like to see him in the, the champion hurdle. And as for all the chasers, one that we haven't seen yet who I'd, you'd hope he's going to the Gold Cup when he eventually reappears is Champ. Um, that finish in the RSA was one of two of the most exciting uh, we've seen in a while uh, at the festival, along with the, the Albert Bartlett as well, with that four-horse finish. Um, we've seen, he beat Manila. And Sam Crow Mellon as well. 
Yeah, of course, that one as well, where I was shouting for Heen home and he just didn't get home. Um, we've seen Manila Indo win twice in kind of workmanlike fashion uh, this season and Champ obviously swept aside Manila Indo and Alaho when they were plodding along at the, in the final furlong. So I don't know where Champ will go before Cheltenham, but hopefully he'll get a win or two before going to the Gold Cup where I hope he can serve it up to Albion Fort or Santini and the, the other old stays. Go on, Harry. Yeah, I've tried, I've tried to, I've tried to um, stay away from sort of the obvious uh, as best I can. I mean, we could just sit here and say Novice Chaser, Shishkin, um, and then not, sort of announce you like the other one. But yeah, um, one for a Novice Hurdler, one that debuted the other day that I've backed for Cheltenham off the back of that is Cape Gentleman. Um, Won the RSs are rich and then made a hurdles debut over two and a half miles Tuesday and basically went on the bridle. Don't think he beat much, but visually was uh, very impressive. Bar one hurdle where he stepped out and uh, don't know how he stayed up actually, he just sort of scrambled his, his um, feet together. But I'm not sure whether he'd go for the Ballymore or the Outbattler, which is why I just took uh, to win any race at Cheltenham. Um, but yeah, had a lot of class on the flat, so there's every chance he'll be. Um, a good novice hurdler and uh, reading comments from Emmett Mullins and Jackie Brian Hayes, they seem to like him a lot, which has given me a bit of confidence. Um, I'm going to take Ben on with the older hurdler and go for Sada Berle um, in what should be a cracking stayers hurdle. Uh, I don't think there's too much in Ireland really to challenge him before then. Uh, so he could mop up a couple of races in Ireland over Christmas, uh, the Christmas hurdle at Leverstown being one. Um, but he obviously he's won the attempts handicap at Chum the last two years. And when he beat the storyteller, uh, that form got um, a massive boost when the storyteller won the, the champion chase at Down Royal in October, uh, which is a great one. So um, he was very impressed with Chum last year and, and clearly likes the track. So uh, he's already won this season, won on reappearance over two and a half miles in a grade two, which was far short of what the trip he needs. Um, so I think he's got a, a massive chance in in what should be a, a very competitive stayers. Uh, novice chaser, one that I would imagine not be going to Cheltenham, but could win some races before and after that, is Asterian Folange, who was fourth in the Supreme, but caused all sorts of carnage when he jumped violently right-handed. I think it was three out um, and brought one or two down. Uh, so I would imagine he'll be staying right-handed. Uh, he's won on his chasing debut and bar one fence where... Uh, Paul Town had to pick his nose up off the floor afterwards. Uh, he jumped really well. Um, did start going a little bit right-handed when put under pressure, though. So, uh, I think, as Ben mentioned, his race at Limerick um, over Christmas, which he, I, I imagine he'll be going to, which is a great one, uh, would have a good chance in there. He's clearly a classy horse, and I think he'll start stepping up in trip. And um, an older chaser, again, one that, well, this one definitely isn't going to challenge, and that's Clanders Obo. Uh, I thought his comeback in the Betfair chase was... Um, ridiculously good and he looks like he's improved again having already won the last two King Georges um, he was travelling all over Bristol to Mai and then I think the heavy ground and, and the lack of a run probably blunted him towards the end and he just faded away but he'll be in the King George he's not going. He's definitely not going to Cheltenham out he's, he's blown up there so many times but then he'll have the options of the Betway Bowl at Aintree and then the Punchtown Gold Cup um, and he'd be right at the top of the markets for both of those uh, so I think he's won to follow, uh, there wouldn't be an obvious sort of, you know, pick for Cheltenham, but he, he he should win some races during the season. 
Mm, yeah. Does he beat surname in the King George? Well, uh... I mean, I know I, I know I said afterwards no, but I, I, I decided. I mean, I've given surname chance in the past, and uh, he's let me down. And then when I've gone against him, he seems to win. So I have no idea. But um, I just think he's maybe a, a bit straighter than surname, who maybe has his quirks. But I mean, it should be a cracking race if if the real yeah. surname turns up anyway. We'll keep we'll keep that for a few weeks, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Uh, you mentioned Asterion Falange. I'm still waiting for um, a horse that he brought down in the Suprema, Elixir Danae, to uh, to come out. Uh, do you know what? He actually would have been my novice chaser to follow. Um, I was going to put him up, but I searched earlier and apparently he's had a setback and won't be seen yeah. until after Christmas, which is, uh, which is a shame. I know there's a lot of people in Ireland, from what I've heard, that, that think a lot of him is a chaser. So that is disappointing. Molly's got about 20 of them, though, aren't he? Oh, yeah. Um, it's frightening really embarrassment of riches indeed uh, chaps been an absolute pleasure um, speaking to you again about uh, the greatest sport in the world I'd contest uh, you on the best sport in the world I think you'll find it the darts is coming up this week uh, <laughs> snooze um, yeah Cheltenham this weekend and uh, it should be a good one and uh all the action will be on Racing TV and ITV as usual. So uh, stay tuned for more podcasts. Uh, I think there's quite a few happening in, in the next few days. So uh, stay tuned to our social media and uh, stay subscribed on Apple and Spotify. And we will see you later on. <laughs>